0: This is episode 21 of the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast, and uh, this is another first for the podcast. Um, tonight, it's just going to be me. So, wasn't the way we intended it. We had a guest lined up to come on uh, this week, but life happens, so we'll get that guest on later on, and, and we'll record that episode at a later date but this week episode 21 uh, is going to be called picking your spot and we're going to talk about uh, preseason scouting for deer whitetail deer here in the southeast and what you should be looking for um, because we were, we're coming down to the wire here in some places uh, deer season In Florida and South Florida is about to start in August it's about to be June tomorrow so you got two months until deer season kicks off in August in South Florida and if you're in the south especially the southeast you know that early season is not fall it still feels like summer it's still 80 90 it's hot it's humid <clears throat> but for the die-hard hunter that's going to get out there and just get it done in that early season, you got to know what to look for now, so that you can find deer and find success in those first weeks when it is hot, nasty. Mosquitoes are going to carry off like they're doing to me tonight. Uh, got my thermocell running, and I haven't haven't had to slap one in a minute, so I might be running them off. So, one of the first things you want to do. Is we're gonna get on one of those awesome hunting apps that has um, aerial photos, all that good stuff, the satellite imagery. <clears throat> I use Onyx, um, and I pay for it. Uh, to me, that having some of the niceties of Onyx, the more updated imagery. Um, stuff like that. Being able to use the offline maps is, is really easy. Being able to share waypoints between the guys, the other guys that I hunt with. Super easy. You just send them in a text message. So there's some nice things. You pay for it. I don't have to look at ads every five minutes when I want to access something. Isn't something I always did. Um, I was using Hunt Stand, uh, but it seemed to To me, after every other update, it would get a little more difficult, a little more difficult to use. We can never figure out how to share waypoints with each other, just a pain in the butt. So we all upgraded to Onyx, love it. But what I'm looking for, when I'm looking at those images, is if you can find a, a satellite image either using Onyx or using any of those apps or get on Google Images, if you can find one of a winter time satellite image where the hardwood trees have lost their leaves you can see the transition areas between hardwood and evergreen or pine trees and you can set up you you can start marking those areas right there because those the deer are going to move along those edges from bedding to cover it creates that little transition area and they like to move down those lines so right away i'm flagging those as spots to go look at doesn't always prove productive but it gives me it helps me formulate a good game plan doing it that way so i'm going to get in there (coughs) i'm going to plan my route in that's going to get me there the quickest uh what seems to possibly get me there the quickest uh and also without trying to disturb deer that's another thing you want to be thinking about when you're scouting not so important right now but the closer you get to season in that time frame you need to be thinking about bumping deer out of their out of their bedding areas and things of that nature because you don't want to run deer out of the area excuse me so you need to play your watch your scent play the wind creep in there as if you were hunting the best thing to know that to, to tell you that deer are there is to actually physically see the deer themselves right so get in there you're looking for sign you're looking for droppings tracks what i like to look for when i find that pathway the trail i want to see tracks going in both directions or in multiple directions especially if it's a trail if i got tracks going both ways that means it's, it's a it's a more heavily used trail and deer using it to go to and from a location so it's going to serve me well no matter what time of day I sit there. Um, and then more, another te- piece of technology used to your advantage is trail cameras. It's uh, You do always run the risk putting a trail camera on public land that it's going to get stolen. There are people out there that do that for some reason. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. Doesn't make any sense to me either. But this is where our sponsor, our partner, Sportsman Shield comes in. Uh, They make the durable little decals, just a small one-inch by three-inch sticker that you can put on the outside of your trail camera that says... This trail camera is equipped with a GPS tracking device. Doesn't do anything but make someone think twice. That technology is out there, but it is very expensive. So, those stickers are just intended to make a thief think twice. Keeps an honest man honest, like a trespassing sign or a gate, you know. someone coming out there with the intent to steal is gonna steal and I'll say this if you want to come and check my trail camera that's fine I don't care if I leave it on public land I ask that you don't take it I ask that you don't take my SD card if you got one of those little trail camera checkers like the I I carry a little card reader in my backpack and I always like to grab my camera the card out of my camera before I hop up in the stand if I have it set in a location that way I can see what's been through there recently So if you got one of those and you come across my camera and you want to check my card, cool. Check it out. Look, see what's on there. It's public land, man. It's all of ours. It's not just mine. It's everybody's. Check it. If you like what you see, set up somewhere near there. I would ask you to have the common courtesy. Obviously, I'm trying to hunt in the area, move further laterally down the trail. Um, But don't take my card. And don't delete my pictures. So... But, again, people are just like that. People are going to do that. And there's it's, – it's a shame that we've had to come to the putting the steel cages over trail cameras and, and stuff of that nature. But I would say the best thing to do is you could probably make – you can make a cable lock. I know some of my cameras have the ability to run a cable lock through the back of them. And I'd venture to say you could probably make one make little cables pretty cheap and then run suitcase locks to keep people from grabbing your SD cards but in all reality I would rather not lock the camera up I could definitely understand locking it to a tree but I don't want them to destroy my camera just trying to get to the SD card if you if you're gonna steal the SD card I'd rather you steal the SD well actually you know Some of my cameras, the SD card is the most expensive part. I've got some little Primo's Bulletproofs that I bought on Amazon for like 30 bucks a piece, and they are great little eight megapixel cameras. They're like three inch by three inch square, awesome little cameras, take great pictures and video, but you do have to format the SD card on the laptop. For the time and date, there's no way to program that on the camera, so they're very basic but they're great for leaving out in an area where they're they're gonna get they could potentially get stolen. When we had our lease, that's what I used. Uh, we had a bad trespassing problem, and that's what I used to set out to catch trespassers with those little cameras, and they worked really well and I never had anybody steal them because I don't think people saw them because they're so tiny. But when you put those trail cameras up, you want to make sure you're putting it uh, you don't want to put it up too high, you set it up. I would say around mid abdominal height I'm six feet so probably four feet off the ground three and a half feet off the ground and then I like to angle it use a stick to kind of angle it back down make sure when you set the camera up that you don't have a tree branch out in front of it or some grass that's gonna sway in the wind because you're gonna to come to check it you're gonna pull the card and you be like oh man there's a thousand pictures on here and you get excited only to find out it's a thousand pictures of the tree branch moving. been there Um, so think about how you're setting it up I always like to face mine if I'm put it on a trail I like to face it down the trail that way the movement is either coming directly towards or going away from the camera because a lot of those cheaper cameras have a pretty slow trigger speed so You give them all the time in the world to take that picture by facing it directly down the trail if possible. Or at least down the trail as as best you can. You get a lot of butts and a lot of faces. But you can still see horns and identify deer pretty well that way. But that's the best way to get that. More pictures instead of just getting the back half of a deer as it comes past your camera. So... But... So now we're going to get into when's the best time of day to do your scouting in this time of year. Um, I would say your early morning and late afternoon the same time you would normally be in the tree stand. One, because it's going to be cooler. Uh, and you really got to be careful this time of year of hot weather injuries. And we covered those a few episodes back when we were first-aid. You know, if you stop sweating, that's a problem. You need to be out there when you're scouting. You be taking water with you, drinking water, making sure you're staying hydrated. Eat meals. Don't skip meals, you know. Carry food. Carry plenty of water. Dress for the occasion. Put some bug spray on, man, because the ticks are bad. I've been getting ticks almost every time I take my son fishing here in the last few weekends. And Lyme disease can ruin deer hunting for you forever. Uh, tick-borne illnesses can just tear you up so you want to avoid that but a good deep bug spray will help keep those ticks off wear long sleeves thin clothing long sleeves and pants also help keep ticks off so keep those things in mind Um, in the early morning and late afternoon you out there you could see activity you actually see the deer moving around maybe if they're if you are going out to an area and you can sit, you know, stay still in one spot and actually see deer moving through there. Like physically seeing deer is probably the best thing you could see when you're scouting because guess what that means? There's deer there. Uh, It doesn't always work out that way though. and We don't always get out early in the morning when we scout. When you're looking in that midday area, if you can push deer out of, you you don't really want to push deer, but if you can find deer bedded down, you find that bedding area, you can start looking for trails going to and from the bedding area to set up your ambush point. Uh, and looking at food sources in your area so do a little research see what kind of stuff is naturally occurring in your area down here we've got all kinds of forage for deer Uh, so we want to look at what's coming in at the beginning of season what the deer are going to be eating on we want to kind of move into those areas and see what we can find and if we can find signs that they're coming in and browsing on something on a regular basis i would say make sure that what they're browsing on now is going to be there at the beginning of season but also you might want to think about looking at stuff that's going to come into season it's going to fruit around the beginning of deer season and maybe try and find those plants uh now and and get ready to set up in that area Um, Because if you can locate that food source or the bedding area or a water source and you can set up on the trails in between there and those travel corridors that's gonna bring a lot of success your way Um, I've had a lot of success doing that setting up in the early season uh, I've hunted some public land where we had agriculture fields on there and I'd like to get in You'd find a soybean field. Go into the woods several hundred yards off the soybean field. And get back in the good hardwood bottoms. Sit there in the afternoons. And then about 3 o'clock, you would start seeing the deer moving in. They're moving in there. They're going to stage inside there. They're going to eat acorns. They're going to browse around. Getting ready to go out, push out into that soybean field after dark. Uh... To feed sitting on the edge of the soybean field is gonna you're still gonna see deer on the edge of the field, but in a higher pressure area, the deer aren't gonna come out there till after dark. So, chances are you're gonna see deer when it's too dark to tell what you're shooting at, which is not safe. When it's ju- just just before dark, and you're just not gonna get that opportunity. But if you move, or you're gonna see deer on your walk out with your flashlight, but if you move back into the woods or 600 yards off of the field and you can find that good hardwood bottom area or a good pine thicket set up in there where the deer are going to come in they're going to stage start moving through that area early in the afternoon as they browse through coming out to the soybean field that's going to uh, give you a lot of success early in the season it's going to give you success all throughout the season doing that if you can find those areas and set up in them hardwood bottoms in the early season also gonna provide a cool place for the deer to rest and access food during the day if you got acorns and stuff like that so you you get in those hardwood bottoms it's gonna provide shade which is gonna get them out of the heat they don't want to be hot you don't want to be hot Uh, you could find water down in there in pools but understand here in the south where you find water you'll find deer but you'll also find mosquitoes so be prepared uh, mosquitoes will carry you away down here. Thermacell is your best friend. So, let's talk about tree stand placement. You always want to be playing the wind. We talked about this earlier. Right? So, you want to check the weather ahead of time. you got to have the plan A, the plan B, the plan C, the plan D. And we'll get into that in a minute when all those plans crap out what you're going to do. So, you got plan A, is set up for a good east wind. You wake up in the morning, you're planning on going to plan A, wind's coming out of the east, so you need to, or wind's coming out of the west, so you're gonna need to move because that's gonna be blowing your scent right where the deer are coming from. Not what you wanna do. The last thing you wanna do is sit in an area just because that's the only place you've got and then get yourself scented or winded and run deer out of that area. You don't want that to happen. The last thing we want to do is make deer smarter about where we're at, right? So it's better to move to an area that may be less productive, but your wind is right, than try and sit in the more productive area with the wind not in your favor. Although you may be seeing more deer at the other spot, you're going to run a higher risk of spooking deer. Also, on the same hand, in playing the wind, you need to play the shade. So don't sit when you're in the sun. Because when you have the sun shining directly on you, it's going to take the shadows away from you and the shadows are your friend. Your camouflage is not as good as you think it is. Uh, But if you back up into the shadows, it's much more effective. It makes you harder to see. So you want to hide in the shadows. Not only that, you want to hide from the sun because it's hot. It is hot. And I don't like to sit in the sun. I don't really like to sit in the sun. The only time I really like to sit in the sun is when it's a good cold day and late December, early January, and I'm just trying to get warm, but it still doesn't seem to work then either, so it's not worth it. Hide in the shade. Play the wind. And be ready. When you're when you're hunting, especially in boat season because your shots are so close, you need to look with your eyes. My dad always told me, look with your eyes before you look with, with not your head. So, what that means is we have a tendency to just turn our head around, right? And look. But what you want to do is first, if you're going to look to the left, shift your eyes far to the left into your peripheral, scan around, and then use your eyes to pull your head. Shift your eyes again, pull your head around. That way you're not whipping your head to look and you're being looked at. Had it happen, I've been busted that way. You'll learn quick. You only do it once. At least I would hope you only do it once. Learn from your mistakes. That's all I can say. That's the best thing you can do. Because we're all going to make mistakes. So... When we talk about... You know, I talked about plan A, plan B plan C, plan D. When all those fail, there's there's only so much you can plan for, right? Whether, especially on public land, whether you planned to be there and, you know, the weather wasn't right for plan A, so now you have to move to plan B, or you show up to plan A and somebody's already beat you to the parking spot or you go walking in. And you find somebody close by to where you want it to be. So you get beat to the hole because it's public land and it's everybody's, not just yours. Uh, you got to move to plan B. Sometimes there's plan B is taken. Plan A because of the weather. Plan B because somebody beat you there. But now this time you've really started to burn that pre-daylight hour. So you go to plan C and somebody's there too. So plan D you got to go in blind. At that point I'm pulling up on X. I'm looking at my map and I'm saying, "Okay, I can see this creek runs out to the road." So I'm going to pull up here on the side of the road and pull off next to the creek. I'm going to get on I'm going to get on that creek bottom and I'm going to walk. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back in that creek bottom. I'm gonna go back in two, three, four hundred yards. I'm gonna try to get there quickly and quietly before daylight comes in. And I'm gonna pick a suitable looking tree. It's gonna be big enough for me to put the climber on. It's gonna be straight. Hopefully, it's gonna provide a little bit of cover. Um, I've sat in spots where I didn't have a lot of cover, you know, and I pick spots. You're literally taking a shot in the dark because it should still be dark at this point. So, from experience, I, this this is a good one. I walked in one morning, went in blind because my first two spots were taken. Walked this is this is where I got the creek bottom, walked down the creek bottom, and then I came to a hill. So I walked up the hill, up the side of the bank about 40 yards, and I picked what appeared to be a straight tree. And in the darkness, it felt really straight i got up in it i climbed i sat down sun came up and i'm actually sitting in a pretty crooked tree i'm actually leaned backwards a little bit like a recliner so i ended up getting down after sunlight and i moved about 30 yards to another tree and i i saw i saw a deer that morning couldn't get a clear shot because i hadn't had time to look at that spot beforehand but what that did do <clears throat> is I learned from that, and I found a new spot. I was able to go back in there at a later date, move my tree my tree stand around to another tree, get to where I could see those deer better, and get a clear shot, and I killed a doe out of there the next morning. So my plan D, or my shot in the dark, turned into a successful hunt in plan A the next day. So you never know where it's going to take you. Uh, one of the biggest bucks I've ever killed in my life. I had scouted this area early season, uh, July-August time frame in Kentucky. When I went in there, super thick, super thick. And I knew it was hard at that point to pick a spot because I knew by the time I wanted to get in there and hunt around the November time frame that it was going to be... All the leaves are going to be gone, so it's going to be a lot clearer in there. So, what I did was I just kind of marked a few spots where I had some good trees, um, and then I waited out, waited that spot out. Didn't want to go in there first part of the season. I wanted to go. I had to, I had to shoot a doe first, so that I was, so I could kill a buck because we had the earn a buck program up there at that time. So, had some other spots lined up where I could kill some does. <clears throat> but I waited till later in the year when the rut was starting to kick in, and I knew there were some big bucks down in there. I could see I could see the sign, uh, the rubs from previous years, just big bucks. So I moved in there. Uh, Veterans Day weekend, I sat up, sat one of my trees Friday morning. Um, Had a nice 11 point come in that I let walk Um, Had a nice eight come in after him that I let walk and they're all steady coming out of the same point in the bottom and I could hear a lot of rustling and tussling down there Uh, I could hear some grunts. I could hear some deer moving quick So I sat that morning in that tree. I sat that afternoon in that tree and I sat the next morning in that tree just hoping that big boy was going to come out. But he never did. So what I did was I went straight down the bottom from where I was, and I got down into the creek bottom, and I hunted around, and I found a suitable tree. Again, this is not a shot in the dark, but this is this is a change of plans on the fly. Walked in that afternoon, grabbed my climber off the tree I left it on, went straight down in the bottom from there. I climbed up my tree and I had no, I had literally sat down, pulled my bow, or or pulled my shotgun and my backpack up and grabbed my water bottle out of my backpack, cracked it open, started drinking, I'm hot. And I'm reading the label and I look up and I see a deer go between some trees at about 250 yards down through the bottom. I think to myself, all right, going to see some deer today. Good deal. So I'm watching, and I see another big body go behind the smaller one. I said, okay, we might be killing the deer today because that's a big deer. So I'm steady watching down this way, and out he comes. <clears throat> nice, big 13-point. Steps out. Neck stretched out, ears laid back, just coming down that bottom, looking for a fight. He rules the roost. And I've got him at about 250 yards, and I'm watching him just steady come towards me. So I told myself at that point, I'm not going to shoot until that deer gives an inclination that he's going to step off of the path that he's currently on because the path he was on at 250 yards <clears throat> was going to bring him right past my climber at about 10 yards and I'd rather take a shot at 10 yards and know I'm going to make the shot I want to make than try and sling that 12 gauge slug at 250 yards and wound the animal so he's making his way towards me I'm watching him he's coming, he's coming. now he's at 100 yards Still just steady coming, looking for that fight. Now he's at 50 yards, and I'm getting real impatient. And he gets to 30 yards, and I said, that's close enough. And I gave him the old, meh, and he stopped. Boom, right in the shoulder. He ran, continued to run towards me, and then he got to about 15 yards from me, and he saw me in the tree, and he stopped. And he looked up at me, and I put another one in his shoulder for insurance and he turned and went up the hill about 75 yards and then collapsed and that was it one of the most exciting and quickest just i hardly even had time to sit down and get focused on what was going on i wasn't in the stand 30 minutes and i had a deer on i had the, one of the biggest bucks that ever shot on the ground super exciting doesn't always happen like that i've had hunts uh, the first buck ever killed my bow a nice 8 point up there I watched him, I didn't watch him, but I saw him four hours prior to shooting him at about 90 yards down a logging road. Watched him cross behind me, and then just before sunset, you had sunset, so it was just after sunset, you had sunset, and about 15 minutes after sunset time, he stepped out at 15 yards, and I arrowed him, and he went about 60 yards and piled up. Super exciting again. But, it you know, you never know how it's going to work out. But getting out there now and scouting, finding that bedding, finding that cover, finding those food sources uh, is what's going to get you that success early on in the season. So now's the time to get out, to prepare, to be ready, and to find those deer. If you can find them now, you you can kill them in the beginning of the season. But like I said, make sure that you uh, make sure you're watching your scent when you're going through those areas. Play the wind. Take it slow. Act as if you were in there to kill a deer. you're you'll be more successful you see those deer you find those trails look for tracks going both directions when you find that food source you should be looking for tracks all around the food source you should be looking for droppings around the food source Um, get out there now look at those apps find those summer winter photos, look at the comparison find those breaks in the timber where you've got pines meaning hardwoods creates a natural divide in the woods The deer travel up and down it set up an ambush there especially if you can find the uh, if you can find the good trail there but that's all I got so, this week's tip of the week from me is going to go back to saying, always have that Plan B, right? Don't be afraid when you make that shot in the dark to climb up that tree to get down after sun after daylight and move twenty or thirty yards um, at the same time. You could also wait until 9 or 10 o'clock when people are starting to move out of the woods and slip in there, uh, And but be very cognizant of ruining somebody else's hunt because you definitely don't want to do that. Slip in there, sit from 10 to noon And you may see that somebody who's going from the tree stand back to the truck bumps a deer, runs them by you, and you get the shot. You never know how it's going to work out. But be persistent. Hide yourself. Play the wind. And that'll bring you success. That's all there is to it. It's not that hard. Uh, But it does take some work. Get those trail cameras out. If you've got private land, you hunt. Um, where you can put out corn or some other attractant, I'm a fan of using that to uh, to stop deer for photos. Gives you a good idea of size because you'll usually get multiple pictures of the same deer in that area if they're coming in to feed. You get a good idea what's in your area. You can see your fawn recruitment when mama brings her babies in there. I don't like running my trail cameras on video. One, because it uses a lot of battery. Two, because it uses a lot of card space. And three, I feel as if a lot of times I end up with the video trigger speed. It seems to me like it's a little bit slower. So I end up with just videos of nothing or videos of a little bit of deer and then nothing. Uh, some of my cameras have a three-shot setting where they take three pictures every time it's triggered. I like that setting, but keep in mind when you set it that way that when you go out to check your camera and it says 600 pictures that it was, wasn't was triggered 600 times, it took three shots every time it was triggered. So you're actually looking at 200 triggers for 600 pictures. Um, I also like to set up trail cameras I've used in the past where we had a, a a bait site a camera trap bait site right and we were getting a lot of deer in there and we got a lot of good bucks coming to that once that one spot so what we did from there as we started setting cameras <clears throat> down trails leading to that bait site to really figure out where the deer were coming from because it seemed like we'd get that the pictures of that bait site were always coming. The deer weren't always facing the same direction, so there was no telling idea, no good judgment of which direction they came from. Cuz <clears throat> when we were where we were hunting up there, you couldn't hunt over bait. So we would run bait in the summer with protein. Run corn and protein sites in the summertime to, you know, boost the growth and all that stuff. Antler growth on that piece of private land we had permission to be on and uh we were so we started putting them down those trails we would stop putting out corn before deer season started but we knew the trap, the roots those de- those bucks like to travel and that produced success for us early in the in bow season um don't be afraid to go and just ask permission uh you're gonna get told no a lot but eventually you'll probably get a yes or you might get a maybe and maybe is always a good sign, but don't ever, don't always just ask to hunt. Offer something in return. If you can see a fence needs fixing, offer to fix the fence. Uh, I'm not saying to come out of pocket, but free labor is free labor. Always be respectful. Don't show up in your hunting clothes. Uh, be presentable. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Thank you. Please. This stuff goes a long way, especially with people that own property. Uh, when you need something from them, you should always be polite. Uh, you could offer to, you could offer deer meat if you kill deer. Um, but I found that the piece of pirate land we hunted we had permission on, they really enjoyed our company. So we would always make it a point when we were out there hunting or in the summertime we're out there to work that we're always there early so we can spend time in the house visiting and we always stayed a little late so we could spend some more time uh, the gentleman really enjoyed seeing the photos we had on trail camera so we always made it a point to bring them back up to the house to look through them so he could sit there with us and go through it he was a hunter back in his day uh, and, a, and a trapper so he enjoyed seeing that stuff, although he didn't hunt much anymore in his old age. But we did all the work we could for that old man, and he did a lot for us. Um, and giving us permission to hunt his property for, for labor. Um, you never know what you could find. Make friends. If you find people in the woods, talk to them. Uh, I made some great friends doing that, some guys I'd hunted with for years are guys that I met on the trail to and from the tree stand. Um, So you never know who you're going to run into. Be friendly. Be courteous. Get out there. Enjoy what we've been given. uh, Enjoy your public lands. Pick up trash. Make a difference. And kill some deer. Chase your game. So until next week, this has been another episode of the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast. If you guys have listened this far, uh, go on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Wherever you guys listen to us at, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. <coughs> and uh, we'll see you later.